Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. Matt and Braden here, excited for another episode. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for being part of our tribe and getting the word out. And we're hearing about new people finding the podcast and listening to every episode. And it's just exciting to see things grow and see the word of God get out there about sex mm-hmm. and pornography and masturbation and purity and it's great so so thanks for being part of our tribe um hey if you are if you're appreciating this podcast if you want to partner there are some costs with the with the with getting this out there so if you even want to do five or ten bucks a month or something like that to it could be a one-time thing that you're just feeling led like hey i could help help these guys out or help the podcast Mm -hmm. that'd be awesome you can go to uh, purevictorypodcast.com and there's an option there to help out today we're talking about the difference between lust and looking Mm. Lust and seeing that somebody is beautiful. Is it, if you see that somebody is beautiful, is that always lust? I don't know. We get to, often I hear people saying, oh, I'm just praying for God to take this desire from me. And I think that'd be so sad if God <laughs> took away your sexual desires. Yeah, just be asexual, I guess. Eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We don't want that. We want it no. to come alive. And so we want it to come alive in a healthy way. So we just want to look at what that looks like. Yeah. And I, you know, this is such a, I wish I had this topic talked about when I was growing up because, you know, coming up in the church for me as a teenager, uh, I always felt so much shame. Like if, if I saw a girl that was pretty, I thought that was wrong to think she was pretty or to be attracted to her because I'm not supposed to lust, right? And in my young brain back then, I didn't really know what lust was. I thought lust just equaled attraction. You know, I thought that's what lust was. I couldn't differentiate between the two 
And then that just caused me to be bogged down, feeling bad about myself all the time. And, you know, eventually shame is really linked to porn. So, you know, <laughs> I, that, that was my wheelhouse, shame. I just feel shame all the time. I feel shame looking at porn. I feel shame when I look at a pretty girl and I feel bad about that. And just shame, shame, shame. And, you know, it just makes me feel worse about myself. And I think a lot of us growing up had that messaging and it's been harmful and damaging to us. You've just been so, just bogged down with shame about being attracted to the, you know, someone that's pretty good looking, right? And so we were just going to try to, you know, reframe this today and to let you know that maybe you don't need to feel shame. And there are things we need to be aware of with lust. We'll talk about lust. We need to be aware of that for sure. But let's talk about this and maybe a way you've never actually heard it talked about. So I'm excited today. Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I've been thinking lately and talking a bit lately about these, these lovers in Song of Songs, if you read the Bible, like these mm-hmm. guys, they're not married when they first meet, when they're when the story opens, they're not married, but they're like horny after each other. <laughs> like, yeah, man, they we are. just want to get it on. Oh, yeah. And uh, and they're but they're like, but I'm not gonna awaken love until it so desires, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not till the right time. But they're like dreaming of what they're gonna do with each yep. other. Yeah. And they're very vocal about it. It's like I remember Trey Morgan on our podcast a few months ago. He's like, Does does God know that this is in the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> snuck it in there right yeah <laughs> yeah the church fathers yeah that was the part of their sin they snuck in this book about <laughs> sex but uh but it's pretty it's pretty awesome stuff and then they get married and they're they're like getting it on all night mm-hmm. long like mm-hmm. to the break of dawn the next day it's yeah. like man they're going hard oh and yeah. uh and i just think i'm like man when they were single before they were married they were loving each other but they're like is it, are they lusting? Like, were they lusting yeah. after each other or was it just a sexual desire that they were operating with in a healthy way? That's a great point. I think when they were, when you hear kind of the conversation they had about each other, I mean, in the beginning part, it's the woman speaking of the guy and she brings up more than just his physical appearance, what she does, but she talks about his character, his integrity. She uses amazing imagery about this, right? She describes him as a large, like tall oak tree, I think, or something like that. And the shade under, she, she feels secure in the shade of that. You know, and that really reveals his character. She feels secure and safe in him. So she sees this guy. It's not just about, oh, he's got massive shoulders and he's got an incredible muscular back and, you know, he's six foot seven and he can dunk a basketball or what I don't know, whatever. <laughs> like, no, that she was looking at so much more than just his physical appearance. She saw him and that really speaks to a growing intimacy and so he, she saw that he had worth and value and vice versa. He speaks of her with worth and value. Lust removes worth and value. It's not about seeing that other person. It's what you can get from them. It's about consuming that person or consuming part of that person. You don't really know them. You just one aspect of them and you're trying to get that from them to make yourself feel better. That's what lust really is. It causes you damage because it hurts you. It, it really promotes your insecurities in life about what you're, and it changes what you actually are desiring, which is a greater intimacy and to be seen and to be known and to have worth and acceptance. Lust preys on those things and twists those to become a bad desire where you're going to act out on it in really destructive ways. So lust, you know, I always say like people have these destructive kind of sexual behaviors. It often starts between the, the, the years, right? It doesn't just begin like that. And lust is kind of the, the catalyst to a lot of this bad stuff that just consumes us and causes us to act out. I mean, look in the world we're in right now with Tinder, right? Is there, do you see, when you swipe right, are, do these people see the other person as human, as having value and worth, you know, to lift them up, to hope they flourish? No, they're being consumed 
for their own, you know, their own pleasure, right? And so it's really damaging. And we're seeing the world, the, the sick world we're in right now, being destroyed by desiring in a lustful way. So let's differentiate between the two. Yeah, oh yeah, all these people on Tinder, right? They're like, I just want to swipe right to see so many of God's beautiful creations. <laughs> so many of God's kids, his variety. Like, I want yeah. to see all. It's like, no, you swipe right for you. Yeah. You do it for you. And, right. and to be honest, it's like you're saying, there's the these desires of our hearts that we got to recognize. And a lot of times when we operate in lust, it's because we're insecure. And we're thinking, man, if only I could get the hottest chick. If only I could get the most... The arm candy, right? The arm candy or Mm -hmm. the strongest guy. Or if I could get the most beautiful person in the room, then it would be like, then I'm, then I'm something like, then I'm significant. Then I can be secure in who I am. And so when we lust often, it's, it even reveals like an unhappiness in our life. Even, even if it's just in that moment, if it's not bigger than that, it could even just be in the moment. Like I'm not fully happy right now. I'm not living fully, even recognizing how much God loves me. I'm thinking only about, Hey, if I could get with that person, mm-hmm then I'd be satisfied. If I could get with that person on the street or that person who just drove by me or um, that person on the movie, if I could be that person that's with that hot person, oh man, that would be good. And so it's just lust. It's just thinking about yourself. It's it's instantaneous behavior. And not like in the Song of Songs where they're going, I'm going to put this off. I desire this so much. And I love what you're talking about with the character. Because often when you see somebody and you see that their character's awesome, then that's when the sexual desires really come up. Mm-hmm. It's like when when people are friends, but then they really over time get to know each other. And then they're like, man, how did I not see this at first? Like yeah. this person's beautiful. Yeah. Often it's because they start loving their character and they start knowing who they are. And then these sexual desires come. This is a really healthy sexual desire that now you're like, man, I want to take this sexual desire and act on it with this person in this relationship. Yeah. But I'm not going to do it yet. Like this is how to have a sexual desire, how to have it grow how to have it focused, but have it be something where it's controlled and not just a, an instantaneous behavior like it is when we look at lust. And so we got to recognize, like, are we just insecure? Am I, am I looking for significance or am I looking to escape pain in my life just by going into lust? We really got to be aware of the heart issues when we catch ourselves lusting against people or lusting at people. Yeah, it really begins in the heart, I think, too, is totally what you're saying. You know, because we, we desire something, um, that often is, is based in something good, but it gets twisted, like we're talking about, into something bad. And, you know, it really is one of these things where when we lust after another person, um, we've put our wellness and our well-being and our, our, our fulfillment on the shoulders of another in a way that's not healthy. Um, you know, when we look at a marriage relationship, marriage is a beautiful portrait of intimacy, of two people giving into this relationship instead of taking. And, you know, that's the image that God has given us for marriage, you know, becoming one in, in that. But lust really is about me, myself, and I, you know, and then looking at other people and consuming them because they're the ones, the source of my happiness or whatever else. And it's damaging to them, it's damaging to you. And then what that can do for you over time is that's the way that you view all your relationships is through the lens of lust. You know, I've, I was there, you know, when I was in my partying days and you may not have heard this in other podcasts, but, uh, I, there was a time where I was a partier, you know, I'd go to the clubs, drink, do drugs. I did it all. Anyways, I remember being at those clubs and, 
it was dark, loud environments, lots of lights though sometimes. And, 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 you know, you'd have these, these club girls there that are dancing and really scantily clad, you know, and all over you for sure. <laughs> no, I had no game. <laughs> I was in the corner, double fist and, you know, beer, but anyways, I don't want to promote that, <laughs> but anyways, uh, I would be looking at these girls and I felt so insecure. I felt like I was, you know, this big and if you, you can't see that but i'm <laughs> making a little image here i like felt a, that big like a little ant little You're ant. the size of an ant little yeah. ant yeah, i felt like i had no worth no value i felt like i was missing something i felt i was lacking but man that guy that got those girls holy mm-hmm. man if that's you could what only i believe in that position totally i believed that i could just be that guy that had that girl then that would be my answer to everything or if i could experience what it'd be like to have sex with that girl because man her legs go forever right like you know, you just believe these things and it's really such a lie. Lust is built out of a lie that this person will give you everything you need based on simply a physical appearance or, um, how the way they make you can make you feel, um, whatever else. Right. And so there's a difference. So let's talk about this. Attraction is so different than lust. Attraction is a God given thing where you notice someone um, based on, yeah, they're physically attractive. It's okay to notice if someone's physically attractive. You don't have to feel bad about that. My first experience with my now wife is I noticed her, you know, she was attractive to me. I noticed her right away. I actually thought she would be so mad about me sharing this, but the first time I saw her, I thought she was kind of like a hot snobby girl Uh, (laughs) and she's not that at all. But anyways, I noticed how pretty she was. And that's a God-given thing that made me notice her and then want to pursue her eventually um, when we started dating. You know, so these are God-given things, but there's a difference between lust. Lust causes you to fantasize about this person in an unhealthy way where you're consuming that person and it just makes you drawn more towards that fantasy world that's not reality and even pulls you maybe into porn. You know, often I've heard this, and Matt, you probably have, a guy sees a pretty girl walking down the street he starts to fantasize about her, but it's not enough anymore. So he's got to go look at porn when he gets home and masturbate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's ABCD often is the, you know, that's kind of the, um, the progression of things and, yeah. and that's what can happen. Yeah. I, I remember one time I was surrendering my fantasies to God and I, this is what I did because in scripture, if you look, there's always a give and take. He's saying, don't do this, but do this or do this and don't do this. Like there's always like the good and the bad. And so he wants to, even at the cross, like he exchanges our old life for a new life. So there's always this exchange, right? So I was praying and I, and I just picture, I closed my eyes and I pictured my fantasies, um, like a specific fantasy in a box and I threw it at the cross and I said, God, I give you this fantasy. What do you have for me in return? And I remember just sensing that he was saying, I have abundant life for you on the other side of your surrender. And I was like, wow. And then I thought he said, you think that you get abundant life or you would get abundant life if you got to act out this fantasy. But actually you have abundant life on the other side of your surrender of this fantasy. And I was like, man, that's so profound because we don't think about that. But when we're just acting in lust, we're like, if I could get that, that's like the pinnacle of my happiness. Mm -hmm. But actually God is like, Man, if you could just operate with your sexual desires being withheld and then being acted on in a healthy way, man, you're going to have peace in your heart, which is abundant life. You're going to have joy. You're going to be able to interact with people in a way that's healthy and where you can be a light and you can just like look at them in the same way that Jesus looked at them. Yeah. And you can have 
you know, confidence with that. Yeah. And you don't need to be scared about how you're, or, you know, you're watching them talk and thinking about like, oh, don't think about this. Don't think about this. And you can't engage in, yeah. in, in relationship. And so there's abundant life on the other side of surrender, which is a continual thing. It's not just one time and it's done. Mm-hmm. Like continually every day crucifying the desires of the flesh, putting those things to death every single day. Mm-hmm. And freedom is there. I mean, imagine you're, like I know for me, when I was a single guy, if I was in a room you know, at certain points anyway, if I was in a room with say beautiful girls, I'd, to be honest, I'd be very uncomfortable because I, I wouldn't be feel like myself. I wouldn't feel free. I'd feel off. Right. And I remember as I was, you know, kind of doing what Matt's talking about, you know, surrendering these things and God giving me a different thought process, different mind, changing my heart. I remember it was so awesome in my single life where I was able to be around pretty girls, but I saw it as no more than that. I wasn't, you know, consumed by a desire for them that was unhealthy, a lust for them. I could be around them, have friendships, you know, see them with worth and as having worth and having value, not being an object of my desire. And man, was it freeing. And I'm going to tell you, that's so much better than in being in this, this mindset of lust where you're just wrapped up in this. And you, it's like your, your, your adrenaline is just heightened at such a high point. You're just tunnel visioned on this one thing you can't even be present in the moment because you're just focused on this one thing that doesn't sound very freeing does it but when you have the freedom to be able to see somebody the way that god does it doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge that they're attractive but you're not consumed by it in such an unhealthy way where you have to either fantasize or masturbate thinking about them or or whatever else you're able to just be be who god created you to be be present in that moment, be able to engage with them, to see that your acceptance comes from God, not from the attention that they give you, right? You're not looking for that or trying to get mm-hmm. that from somebody. And and how, you know, that's just amazing. And that's a story that I share. And I know that we all can have that. We really can and, and move in that. And it's it's just so much better. Yeah. When you when you think about what Jesus said in Matthew 5, he said, whoever looks at, at a woman with lustful intent has committed adul- adultery with her in his heart. And it, it's with lustful intent. So you can recognize mm-hmm. that people are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. How sad would it be if you never recognized that with people? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's right. so you can't get a, you can't kind of like close your eyes and not think about it. I mean, it'd be terrible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine just like yeah. every time you see somebody beautiful, you just cover your, you put your hands over your eyes. Like, yeah. Nope. Can't yeah. look at you. <laughs> 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 it's okay to recognize this stuff. It's okay. Yeah. And, um, man, I, so then you think like, uh, I saw this again on somebody's Instagram post, but, um, but it kind of put words, to be honest, to something that I've been growing in over the last bit, where this person said, instead of just bouncing our eyes and looking away, how about we actually see people? How about we actually see people? And I was thinking about this. I'm like, man, over the last, I don't know, a couple of years or something, I've been I've been at this point where it's not every time, I'm not perfect, but it's it's often when I'll see people on the street and they're, they, they're attractive or um you know in a magazine cover you know you don't you don't want to stare at these people you don't want to just like like take it in and go and like whoa like man i'm gonna take a few seconds here and just stare and look two or three times like that's not okay but when you when you just notice that like when they're there what the lord kind of started doing with me is going like you you don't know them like they might be attractive but the shape of their body or the shape of their face that's unfamiliar to you yeah but your mm-hmm. wife, you know her. And so I would even picture even just like being close to this person and um, and just looking at them and going, wait, wait a second, I don't know you. Even if they could be so beautiful, I'm like, man, it's unfamiliar. And Brad and I love what Brad and always says. He's like, your wife is your standard of beauty. 
or your husband is your standard of beauty. I'm standard sorry. of being handsome. <laughs> I'm always bugged when Kristen says that. Oh, you're beautiful. I'm like, oh, uh, that I, I, that's a weird term for me. So handsome, <laughs> handsome, yeah. pretty. You're so yeah. pretty. You're so Braddy. pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man. Oh man. What were we talking? Yeah. About? Oh, geez, you got me now. I don't know. But but we actually want to see people, and so. Um, when you look at people, if you can get to the point where you're looking at them um, and going, man, they're, they they don't know God. Like some people, like they're celebrities that I used to just think are like, oh, there's like the hottest people in the world. And then now I see their pictures. And to be honest, I look and I'm like, man, they don't know God. Like they're lost. Mm-hmm. They're always, you know, posing in bikinis and talking about dirty things. And I'm like, man, how sad. Like, yeah, they're beautiful, but they're so lost. And I love that because you talk about like, God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. Well, when we're weak in lust, if we can then turn to God and go, man, God, how do you see these people? All of a sudden, his strength and his vision for these people comes into your life. You don't need to then escape into masturbation and porn Mm because you're just totally fantasizing. It's like, man, you're growing in your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. You're experiencing this closeness in relationship with him. And so you look at Jesus, and I just don't think that Jesus bounced his eyes when he saw a hottie. No, no. But he, and he, I think he was totally looking at that person. I agree. Yeah. And the, the thing that we always have to recognize is, you know, there's ways that we look at people. Um, we look at them either as children of God, um, creation of, uh, you know, the everlasting father in our, our God. And, you know, if we view them that way, that changes our mentality, our mindset towards them. Um, and, and how you're looking is really, you know, is really key. And I don't think God, Jesus averted his eyes. I agree. He probably recognized beauty and he, I, I totally think he did. And we can have that similar standard for us too. And I know there's these little things that we've told ourselves. I've heard these all the time about looking and, and, and how that really borders on lust. So there's always been that mindset. And this is specifically for people that are couples, some and married in general, but you can look, but don't touch look, but don't touch. Well, you know what? That just preys into the whole lust aspect because really that's what that's, that's centering around. <laughs> you know, I can take them in with my eyes, look them up and down. You've probably seen this, hey? I've seen this all the time or, you know, you see a guy, his wife's right there and he's looking this girl up and down. Man, how does that make his wife feel? He's looking though. He's not touching. So it's not yeah. that bad. You know, so she has to be good with it. You know, she has to be secure in the relationship. Yeah. How does that create security? So how we look is really important. It's just as important. You know, I think that do we look at this person as a human or an object of our desire? Very different. And I think in marriage, you know, we're going to speak from this as husbands, right? Like one of the ways that we can make our wife secure is not that we don't acknowledge or recognize that we're attracted sometimes, but, you know, I think it's really important. It's, It's no different than noticing a cloud or a bike ride by right? It doesn't do anything for us on, on a level that consumes us, right? It's, it's no more than that. Yeah, you just like, you notice that they're beautiful. You notice that somebody's beautiful as a fact, yeah. but you don't spend time consuming it and like getting all emotional yeah. about it. You just like, yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. And you're, you're not commenting on, it, commenting on it, like to your wife, like, oh, Hey, why don't you have a skirt like that? Or, you know, why don't you wear your hair like that? Or how do you think that makes her feel <laughs> like that big? There we go. I'm using this like an ant, size of an ant, right? She doesn't feel safe and secure in your love at all. And you need to have eyes for your 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 wife and your wife alone and show her that. That doesn't mean that you don't notice these things. But, you know, what I mean by that, there is a difference. There is absolutely a difference. And I'm going to say this too. You know, if attraction is building, 
if you're attracted to somebody and it's becoming something more for you, maybe you're, you're battling, you don't want lust there. But if you, this person is in your, in your life, I always like what Gary Thomas said about this. And uh, he shared this little story. If you're at work in the workplace and you're working with a beautiful woman and around the same time, you always go get a cup of coffee at the coffee machine, right? <laughs> well, if you're becoming consumed with attraction for this woman, you don't like coffee anymore. In fact, you despise coffee. You hate it. You're not going there anymore, right? Why do you do that? That sounds like some sort of legalistic thing. It's not. You're creating safety and security for your wife who's at home or wherever. You're not um, entertaining this attraction. So there's a difference. Attraction can overtake you over time. Or if it's just as Matt's saying, it's just a fact. You just notice it. There's a difference, right? So let's differentiate between these things. And it's important to do that because there's all these been rules that have been put in place by the world, like the, the look but don't touch kind of thing. That's still destructive still damaging, just as damaging often. Yeah. And if you're single and you see someone who's not good for you, you know, their character, their character isn't as good as their body is. Yeah. (laughs) Then that, then you, you don't like coffee anymore. Right. Like you don't go to those places. I love in Proverbs five. It's like the father talking to the sons, right? About the adulterous woman. It says, keep to a path far from her. Don't even go near to the door of her house. Don't even go near to that uh, you know, the, the water cooler to where yeah. she gets coffee. Yeah. Don't even go near to it. Um, and that's for, for marrieds to protect a wife, but it's also for singles to protect you, to, to honor God, to, uh, you know, for marriage to protect a husband too. It could be the, the other way too. Right. But, yeah. um, but it's to, to protect you and your future and your future spouse. There's so many benefits to it. And so we just want to have a clean conscience. I remember... Pastor Gary talking about that yeah. on our on our podcast a few months ago, having a clean conscience, the power of a clean conscience. Yeah. And how good is it to just like live a life where you're just free? Like, oh, I got nothing that I feel guilty about. Mm-hmm. I feel, yeah, like, yeah, you know, I've sinned in the past, but I've repented. I've got godly sorrow. I don't have this lasting regret and guilt because of what I've done. I've just like, I've grown from it. I'm living free. Mm-hmm. It's just so worth it rather than going, oh man, that person, if only I could have them. Imagine yeah. just living free and happy. Oh, totally. And then if you are married, think about it this way. I mean, the freedom you have to love your spouse in a such so much healthier, more intimate way. Because if you're wrapped up in lust, if you see somebody and you're, you know, and you're out and about in the world, you know, going doing errands or whatever with your wife and you see somebody else and you're thinking about that person instead of your spouse and how you can love your spouse, you know, you've robbed them of an opportunity there to, to love them in, in, in those moments, right? Like, and, and, yep. and so it's, you know, how great it would be to f- be free. And when we share this, you know, we're not setting ourselves up, Matt and Brad and as that we got this figured out. We're on the journey just as much as you are. We're just telling you these things because we care and we've seen it in our own life, how God can work in these areas and bring freedom. Again, we're not perfect here, but it's important. You recognize right away, Hey, I, I'm dealing with lust in this moment, uh, maybe a thought. And just cause the thought comes to your mind, doesn't mean you're broken or bad, but what do you do with that thought? Right? Do you let that fl- um, thought flourish and grow in your mind? Do you water that thought? Do you entertain that thought? Does it become a pattern of thinking, you know, maybe you go there at certain points in your day. This is the subtle kind of movements that can happen over time. And we never say like bad sexual behavior and affair, whatever else, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It takes, you know, we heard a pastor at my church spoke about adultery um, recently. And he said, an adultery doesn't start in the home. It starts in the head. 
And, you know, that's so true. You know, it starts in our heads and in what we're thinking about. And do we allow this to really take root in our life? So we're just talking about, we're in the journey too. We recognize these thoughts as quick as we can. We take them thought captive, these thoughts captive. That means we invite Jesus into that moment. Hey God, I'm feeling this. Help me, you know, help me reframe this, you know, give, give this to you. You do that right away and it, it becomes quicker over time. It just becomes something that you can, you can deal with in a healthier way. Yeah, and I love you talking about going to God to fix it because if you if you have like a specific kind of thing that you always fantasize about or or um, you know you think about lustful lustful thoughts about a specific kind of person, maybe you think about children, maybe you think about old people, maybe you think about same sex. Mm-hmm. If there's a specific thing, or or it really it could be anything, but but continually be praying to God to give for Him to give you His eyes and His heart for those people. Like, say, God, help me to see these people like you see them. I'm sorry that I see them with lust. I don't want to see them with lust. I want to see them like you see them. And literally, like, you could even have a written prayer that you just pray for 10 seconds every single day. And you just commit to praying that every day, especially if this is, like, a major issue for you. Mm -hmm. Man, just do that. And over time, it probably won't be instant, but over time, you'll just see it slipping. And one day, you're going to look back and go, oh, my gosh, I'm not as as crazy in lust as I used to be. Because God's answering that prayer. So I encourage you to not just sit back and go, oh, yeah, good information. Take action. Go to God with this yeah. and actually apply this stuff. And, and it really will make a difference. Yeah. And we will tell you, like, this is a battle, an ongoing battle that we face. The battle is maybe more intense for you in this moment. Often it is when we've allowed some of these things in our life. But, you know, we're going to say, like, it changes. The seasons of this change. But we always have to be diligent, always asking God into our thought life, into our because these things sneak up on you guys. <laughs> they really do, out of the the places you would never imagine. So you have to be diligent. You have to be aware, and that doesn't to, to alarm you, but just just real reality. Really, like we got to be aware of these things and differentiate between lust and attraction. There is a difference. One is okay, the other one is not, and so we can recognize that we are created. You know, in God's image, we are created to have these attractions, but don't let them be something that you're trying to consume another person or they become the object of your desire in an unhealthy way. So recognize that, differentiate between that. And we'll just leave that with you. Thank you so much, guys. Thinking of you guys, praying for you. And we just uh, are so blessed that you're journeying with us in this. See you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.